0: Welcome to MVP, our new podcast for anyone that loves to learn new things. I'm Kate.
1: And I'm Jack, and we both work an online school, MVA.
0: Like most educators, we are passionate about sharing knowledge. And
1: love the sound of our own voices.
0: Each week, we'll invite a special guest to join us for fun and engaging discussions on a wide range of topics, from careers advice to social
1: issues. So sit back, relax, and let's get into it.
0: Hello and welcome back to MVP. Another week, another episode, and another guest. Um, Jack, would you like to introduce the legend that's joining us today?
1: Yeah, the man, the myth, the legend. Um, some of you might know him already. Uh he works at the school we work at, MVA. Um his name is Sol, and he's one of our elite athlete supporters. Is that the name of your role now, Sol? It's uh you've got I'm loads like of
2: elite... elite athlete mentor, elite yeah. athlete sport worker elite athlete schedule
1: bit of, it, bit of that first of all why
0: don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself and a bit about your background because i know this is a really interesting you've lived an interesting life for such a young man
2: wow where do you where should i start like right from the start
0: um so yeah i'd like to know you were conceived this day this time <laughs> I was nine pounds. (laughs) Um, No, why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey towards becoming a basketball player? Because I think that that's one of the things that's really interesting.
2: Cool. Yeah. So I originally played football um, and was quite good at football, actually. And then, but my older brother, he played basketball. So he loved the game of basketball. And um, we were so competitive, but I would just, he's four years older than me. So (laughs) I would lose at everything, so if it was like Nintendo. I don't know if anyone's gonna remember these these consoles, <laughs> but like Nintendo. We would play like PlayStation, um, two, and he would just literally like never take it easy, just like annihilate me at all of these games. Yeah, and then like on the basketball court, it was the same. Um, so yeah, I played football, but then I stopped playing because I had like a massive growth spur, um, one summer. And then, obviously, I thought, you know what? I should probably start playing basketball now. And I started secondary school. And um, my brother obviously built, like, a legacy at the school. Like, he was, like, the best player in the school. And because I'd been playing against him for, like, that many years at a young age, when it like starting secondary school and playing against my own age group, um, yeah.
0: Wiping the floor with them.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it was it was a lot it was a lot easier than i thought it would be um so yeah all of that struggle and pain that i went through it paid off in the end so yeah i played throughout school uh, we were like the best in like the west midlands um we always got to like the final against london and then just we just lose cuz they had so many so many talented players from different backgrounds different parts of the world cuz it's a capital city
1: mm-hmm.
2: and um yeah we were lose in the finals but then i went to college so i was doing my um I was in a Tech level three in sports um, and uh, my brother at that time, he went to play in California on a scholarship. Oh, wow. So then I was like, damn, that's the next, yeah. that's the next challenge for me. Like, I want to do that. And yeah, I had a good year and I recorded all of my games. And um, basically that summer where I got my diploma, I just sat in my room all, like woke up, go to, went to the gym. Um, then I'll come back home and just email, like... I think I emailed every college.
0: Oh, wow.
2: I think, you know, because I could see, like, I had someone there. Like, I could see my brother has done it already. Mm -hmm. So, I knew it was possible. Like, it wasn't just, like, I wasn't... Obviously, I would second-guess myself. But I would never be, like, it's not possible.
0: Um Because I guess in the UK, on my perception, which is clearly wrong and clearly outdated and... Full disclaimer, I wasn't even that into sports at school at all, really. So I don't know much about this, but I don't, you always perceive basketball to be a massive thing over in the US and in the UK, you don't really even think of it as, uh, you you know, you kind of think, you think of football first, rugby, cricket, maybe tennis, but um, what, what did you, what did you sort of find? Did you find that there were was actually a, a big kind of demand for basketball or did you kind of have to carve that out for yourself?
2: Um, yeah, definitely had to carve it out for myself. Um, I feel like there wasn't a lot of support when I was playing for basketball players. Like now, like, there's, there's reels, there's TikToks, like everything is, like, like, if you do something really good and it's recorded, it can just go viral, like, super fast. True. Um, but for us, it was, like, you have to create a highlight tape, like, all the best parts... Edit it so you're just sitting there all day trying like watching every game that you've played throughout the season and just chopping it up and like putting the best parts together and then yeah putting it on youtube and then just creating like an email template and just did, sending you,
0: that did you thing. have anyone to guide you other than your brother on the fact that you should be doing that and how you should do that because i feel like that's a really forward-thinking no, impressive not
2: really so there wasn't anyone there wasn't anyone my age that was, like, in my age group that was trying to go there. Um, it was almost like, yeah, it was just like I had just this thing in my head. <laughs> I wanted to just go there and do that. And um, and I was doing a lot of things, like, every day to put myself in the best position to get the opportunity. So it was just like, this is the easy part, just sending a few emails. Like, just sit there for two hours and just send as many as possible until I can't send them tired or I need to go get some <laughs> food or I'm ready to go and work out again. So so yeah that's what I did and then finally finally yeah I had um I had actually a scholarship to um a Division two, Carson Newman University. It was called um but it was like last minute, it was like August and basically you have to set sit a um SAT or an A C T but it was too late for me to go there was no spaces left in an exam center so they hooked me up with a a junior college so basically a junior college is where um it's like a it's almost like um like a foundation degree
0: okay is is this in the states yeah Um,
2: yeah yeah. yeah. so so um it's called an aa degree and you you go to like a small community college in a state so i went to um Cleveland State Community College, which is weird because it's in Tennessee. It's not in Cleveland. Oh. Um, Cleveland State. Yeah. So I was in Tennessee and um yeah man. So I they hooked me up there. But obviously this when when you're competing at that level, it was um everybody's trying to get to a, a top four year university. So what it is, is you do your two years at the community college, get your AA degree, your associates, and then you go to you finish at the four year, so you have your freshman year, sophomore year, junior year, and senior year. Instead of going to the division two, I did two years at the junior college, and then I went to division one. So I skipped it. Um, so I kind of sacrificed those two years to get a better, a better scholarship.
0: So what, what, um, what did things look like for you once you were sort of finishing off there? What were your opportunities sort of opening up?
2: Yeah, so after that, I went to. I had an offer in. Um, Norway. Okay. Uh, top league. So I went, where did I go? No, I went home first. Spent the summer with my mates, up with my mates. And, and then, then I went to, yeah, I went to Norway um, for a team called the Kongsberg Miners. So it's like not too far from Oslo, say like about two, two hours from Oslo on the train. And um, that was cool because everybody was like, It's all the guys that had made it out of college and gone to pro. So everyone was a lot more relaxed. Like, you get a contract, you pay to perform, you have your own schedule. Oh, that's
0: nice. Getting actually paid. Yeah,
2: (laughs) yeah, man. So you go from, like, being on a leash at college where, like, they own you, basically. Yeah. loads of people coming to watch and making so much money from, like, these games. Like, you're flying to games. How
0: old were you at this point?
2: So when I went to Norway... I was twenty, twenty-one.
0: 21. Wow. So you're 21 and you're already now living in sort of your third country, if you count the UK. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Basically.
0: That's very, yeah. you have to grow up fast, I think, when you're a young athlete.
1: And... Yeah.
2: No, I left home when I was 19. Yeah. And I had to pay for my flight, my own flight. So I worked in Asda. Um for my flock because the scholarship is just like when you get there, that's it. Like mm-hmm. they pay for everything once yeah. you touch touch the American soil and just have across the pond. But uh um, yeah, I was in Asda. I was like the green giant in Asda wearing like <laughs> green colour. So yeah, and then we actually won we won uh, the league there that year. So that was a good introduction oh, wow. to uh, to uh yeah, professional basketball. Did you
1: find it difficult, sort of moving to different countries at such a young age?
2: Yeah, so yeah, that living out of suitcases is is not the best. Um, Especially like you don't have the people that genuinely do care around you all the time. So like you know, in the UK, I had my friends supporting me at all times. Like, come on, man, you can do it. Like, if I had Mm -hmm. a bad day, like it would be. Oh, let's go out and eat, like, let's, let's talk about it. Like, it's fine. Like, next one, next game. But when you're like away from home, nobody
1: cares, man. You're just competing. So, I had to turn into a dog real quick. Um, <laughs> I, I imagine that's the case for like a lot of young athletes that you come across where they are either they're going abroad to go to these training camps or they've got tournaments where they're constantly on the move. Um, have you found or did you find anything that worked particularly well to kind of get over that and just make life feel a little bit more normal? yeah yeah i would say like
2: exploring and just trying to step out of your comfort zone all the time so i would just go to like i was just going to the supermarket like asking the assistant like genuinely i didn't care if i look stupid i would just be like well, how like, how do i say this like where's this like i don't understand like especially when i played in spain um that was You don't even
0: got to spain yet bloody hell <laughs> <laughs> i thought this was ending in norway <laughs>
2: yeah, no, Norway was fine because they speak they speak a lot of English in Norway. Um, but I would say, like, outside of the sport, I would say trying to, like, just open it up to people and just trying to learn as much as possible. And um, if you're not looking after your mental health by learning new things and talking to people, then, you know, you kind of...
0: Yeah, I imagine yourself. quite lonely and isolating if you're... And
2: mentally, yeah. if you have, like, a bad game or you have a bad day, there's no one to talk to about it. So you'll go home and you'll just be thinking about that thing like all day.
0: Throughout your career, did you have any sort of major kind of setbacks or or I guess at the time, like things that felt like failures? And how, and if so, like how did you move forward from those? And like what advice would you give to somebody if they're going through a setback in their career?
2: Yeah, definitely. So when I was, this was actually two years ago or three years ago, during the COVID what mm-hmm. COVID, The first year of COVID. 2020. So, yeah. So, after Norway, I played in Spain. And then I played for the Sheffield Sharks and the Top League in the UK. Then I played for Cheshire. Then I moved to Surrey. So, when I got to Surrey in that season, um, I actually I ruptured my kidney. So, I jumped for the ball. Oh. And like someone underneath me was on the floor like we bumped into each other but they were on the floor and their knee was pointing up and, oh. then, like,
1: yeah,
2: kidney. and my urethra snapped off my kidney oh. but I didn't know I thought I was winded so obviously I just got back up started started like trying to play but obviously the symptoms were just wild had like yeah had like um, I thought I literally just thought I was winded but every time I tried to stand up straight I was like like scrunching again like this is yeah. wild. I haven't been winning for this long this is crazy and like coaches are just like you know like you okay and if you say yeah then you're okay kind of thing. just keep playing um,
0: <laughs> better back out there
2: <laughs> yeah it was mad it was crazy and then I was like hold on I need to sit down and then um, they were like you need to go to the hospital so I went to the hospital and they actually gave me an x-ray so they thought I just bru- had bruising around my uh, Rib cage, and they were like, "You're fine. Like you just, you're just a bit sore. Basically, like your ribs are probably just a bit bruised." They sent me back home, and then yeah, I started urinating in blood. So then I went back to the hospital again, and then I was basically just yeah, my whole season was just done. Right, like, and yeah, that was probably like the hardest time ever for me because. That was, like, the first year where I had to just, like... And it's not, like, an ankle injury or anything like that. This is something, like, internal that you can't see and you don't know if it's getting better. So, obviously, they put a stent in there, sewed it back together. But for, like, the whole year, that whole season, I just had to, like, watch people just play basketball, watch my competitors, like, watch my friends play and show support. And, yeah, that was, like... that, That changed me as a person. Um, mm. Because, like, at first I was scared. Like, do I want to come back? But then it became like a thing. Like, if I don't overcome this, then I'll never fig- I'll never like. I'll never like forget about it, and I'll always be thinking of like, why didn't I do this? Like, I don't want to be that guy in the pub, man. You know that guy in the pub that's like, yeah. oh yeah, I used to play. I yeah. used to play football, but yeah, I got slide tackled, and that was it. Yeah, that's <laughs> playing no more. My ankle. So I wanted to overcome it. I really wanted to. It became like a new challenge. It was like. It almost reignited basketball again for me because I was like, okay, cool. If I can come back from this, then this is wild. The club looked after me. They paid me out for the season. So I was able to just rehab. Um, but like, And then that's when I got into mentoring.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So whilst I was rehabbing, I was mentoring, um, looked after children and um, kids that were struggling with their mental health. Which fueled me because I knew these kids were relying on me. So if I give up with what I'm doing, then then what, I'm lying to myself because I'm trying to, you know, fuel these guys with ambition, but I can't do it for myself. So that really helped me. And then, um, and then, yeah, I went back the season after for Cheshire, and um, I was like, yeah, averaging like really like really good points. of like fifteen. And eight. I'm not sure what you guys, if you guys know. Oh, yeah,
0: saying. that means a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then hitting the hoops, getting 15 and eight all the time.
0: Those those 15s 15. and eights, it's about the yeah, same man. as me.
1: <laughs> so it's like 15 points and like eight
2: rebounds. Um. So, so yeah, and then like yeah, it just like, proved to me that you can.
0: I guess it. so much of um sports is about mentality and the kind of mental challenge around kind of the resilience aspect, but also not to get in your own head in those moments of pressure and i guess injury is really similar in that you know physically physically there's a there's a path that you can take to overcome it but for lots of people the the mentality or the um the blocks that you must get around being injured around being like losing your identity in you know up until that point you're like sole professional basketball player and then as you say you're on the bench you're watching your um you're watching your teammates playing when it should be you and it must feel very unfair like something that was completely out of your control but to be able to i don't know channel that Um, Yeah,
2: I think, I think the feelings that you get are like, you can't explain the feeling like, because it's, it's, you're stuck between like, I want to start getting, I want to start now and start training hard, as hard as possible now, and, you know, become better than I ever have, but then your body's not ready yet, so you have mm -hmm. to, (laughs) so it's like, it's like a, it's like negative and a plus, pushing together and bouncing back off, Um, so yeah, it was, That was the hardest thing for me, like, knowing that I can graft to be better, but I Mm -hmm. can't because my body's not ready yet. And it's it's only you on that journey, like, there's not, there's no one, like, you know, you go to work every day or you go to school every day and, you know, like, everyone can come home in the the evening and be like, ah, this happened at work today. Like, and then, you know, your friend will be like, ah, yeah, this happened at work today and you can, like reassure each other that it's just work or it's, it's going to be better tomorrow but when it's that kind of injury like it's just you and you know you got people asking like oh, "Are you gonna go back like what are you doing like are you okay like how like people are fussing over you but at the same time people are like are you gonna go back and then that puts stress in your head and coaches
0: yeah. messaging you
2: your agents messaging you and you know so yeah it's just channeling it and I just blocked out the noise man I just like I said I just focused on focused on what I could do in the present moment in that moment in time and um, yeah just locked in and just day by day but luckily I, I had a lot of help because of Covid so nobody was doing anything so halfway through the season basketball did get locked off so no one was playing so
1: I was like
0: so you
1: yeah, let's yeah, buddy.
0: misery hey, loves girl.
1: company doesn't it Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was listening to a podcast the other day that um, I thought quite aptly described um, what it feels like to be an injured sports person in that it's you're going to work and you're involved with work. You can see you're in every team meeting and they're discussing the solutions with you, but you just can't give the answer. It's like that sort of frustration because it's, you're, you're sat on the sideline, you have the skills that can help, but you just aren't in a position to be able to give them. So you're just constantly frustrated. Um, god i hate that because i
0: i find it difficult if there's some sort of like training or something and i think i've spoken too much so i really should like not say this answer and even then i'm like like hermione granger twitching (laughs) in the corner like is anyone gonna say
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah.
2: (laughs) tough so hard because and also you just become that guy that's just giving advice and it's like everyone's like bro you're not even like shut up bro you're not playing like.
0: how, how would you advise somebody to cultivate that sort of resilience um because I, I you know it's i think it's something that's definitely easier said than done
2: yeah i think like um everybody has their own journey and their own challenges and you know when you know when like it happens to you and you know you have visions and you know if you overcome something That will you'll be so happy and you knew you know where you can get to if you put the work in. And I feel like each time if you overcome those challenges, that builds the resilience. And every time you overcome something, you look back when you have another challenge and your confidence gets gets stronger Mm -hmm. and stronger. So then as the time goes on, it just it's like yeah, you just get the momentum. So like now, if something happens to me, whether it's work, whether it's like, you know, say I'm on the plane and it gets delayed, like any little thing.
0: you that... say, and it crashes. Yeah, Just, it crashes. you know, it's all about growth mindset, <laughs> guys.
2: Yeah, flying tomorrow. If I crash tomorrow, guys, it's all, it's all Kate's
1: fault. We'll
0: put a lovely little RIP memory thing at the end of this podcast when we play it. Yeah, we'll <laughs>
1: cut yeah. it exactly here and then it'll be yeah, there. Uh, Jack, Jack, you guys are scaring
2: me. <laughs> yeah, as I was saying, like, you know, every time you do overcome a challenge, that builds the resilience. Um, so, yeah, you just compare it to your other challenges and the ones that you've overcame before. And then that allows you to have the energy and fuels you to do the same thing again.
0: At, at um, And your, your role currently at MVA, you work with lots of these young athletes. What are some of the key sort of um, habits that you, you would encourage them to instill or, or values, principles? Are there any sort of... Not rules, but guidelines that you tend to say are applicable across lots of different sports. Um, that maybe people listening could could adopt themselves.
2: Yeah, definitely. I'll say plan, like have a vision.
0: Like, yeah, vision board.
2: Vision board, like put where you want to be in, like by the end of the year, and like just chase that goal. I would say, like, if you know where you want to be and what you want to do. I would say like have a vision, like I have a vision board on my desktop Um, and that's not just for work, that's for like everything that I want to do.
0: My sister made a vision board in the summer of last year and she, all of the things on her vision board came to fruition by the end of the year and she has not stopped going on about it. (laughs) Honestly, I think it it might, put in.
2: You've got to do it. She did it properly. Obviously. Yeah, I
0: know. But because it is, it's about manifesting. It's, I think, about putting into words and putting, actually sort of putting out into the universe what it, what you want to do, not being ashamed, not being afraid, not being embarrassed to say, I can achieve this or I can do this or I can, you know, run this fast or, um, you know, make this team, make this squad. It starts to, you then become accountable a little bit, don't you? Because you've said mm. it, you've, you're, it's out there, and then it's only really you who's going to hold you back. So it's a good way, I think, to kickstart. Yeah.
2: yeah, I would say, like, if you're not doing what you love doing, then like, what's the point? For me, like, if, yeah, if I if I, if, I, if I if I ever find myself not doing what I love, I would never last at all. So, so it's finding that focus, finding that ambition, setting yourself goals to get to get to where you want to get to, and then just maintaining it and keep chasing it because that's what's going to fuel you whereas if you're just waking up every day not knowing what you want or what you what your needs are then it's hard to motivate yourself and it's hard to have that resilience because you don't
1: actually love what you're doing Mm -hmm. out of interest if you were to go back and change something about your career progression from school to where you are now is there anything that you'd definitely change or would you kind of keep it the same i would have found an online school
0: like
2: whenever, <laughs> plug 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 plug, just... plug plug, plug plug <laughs> plug. <laughs> oh, no, I think um, what would I? I'd say being too overly sometimes like impatient, too overly ambitious, mm-hmm. um, and trying to like you can't skip one thing that I'll say to athletes is you can't skip any chapters like yeah, just book like if you were, if you were studying for a test and. You know, you miss some of the pages that you should have studied. You're not going to perform as well as you were doing the exam. And I feel like in sports, it's exactly the same. Like if you don't perfect the weaknesses, then they'll always, they always come back. And they always, they come back on stage in front of everybody. It's mm-hmm. like, just like, oh, uh, you get a piece of paper and they come back. Like It's like you knew you should have put in the work and you should have corrected that and you didn't i have a
0: real world example of this when i was at university i did an extra module you know how you can pick modules when you're at uni that and so i did philosophy and ethics but i did this module that was in english literature and it was on (laughs) jane and um safe to say like i was a real lazy bones at uni and you know didn't didn't really put in a huge amount of work and when it came to revising for the exam i'd never read the book um And I, my mum collected for me, like, you know how the the newspapers sometimes have like discs and it was like a five-part Jane Eyre drama that was very true to the story, apparently. But she'd collected um, four out of five because like week three, she was on holiday and missed it. So anyway, so I've watched (laughs) four out of five of these DVDs and I'm there thinking... Well, obviously, like, nailed this. Like, know the story. Don't really know what happens in this middle bit. And, of course, some scene comes up that I'm like, who? What? When? What is this? This is obviously obviously part four of five that, like, Catherine has not sat there and watched the night before. Um, Yeah, so I felt like quite a clown having to write some sort of nonsense response about this. But, yeah, it was very embarrassing and I failed. So... (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> always trying to cut corners <laughs> Literally.
2: yeah i mean like if you've already mastered that thing then you can you can add some finesse and cut corners but if <laughs> if you haven't then everybody
1: can see it <laughs> it's hilarious um yeah yeah one final question then um if you could give the young athletes listening to the podcast now one piece of advice, what would it be? The
2: most important thing is being yourself. I feel like every athlete, like if you look at the top athletes, they're all completely different to each other. Like you look at Ronaldo, he's like tall, athletic. You look at Messi, he's like what, five foot nothing? And like he's still, <laughs> you know what I mean, But like he's still producing the, the same, if yeah. not better statistics don't run out we'll so go what with the would same like, be yourself right. and be you because every athlete is different has their own story and that's why they're in that position because yeah. they've created they've created this version of themselves that fits perfectly into their sport and that's why everybody loves them um whereas i would say if you're trying to be like if you're trying to mimic everything that another athlete does then You're not like you're not gonna be able to go as far as you want because you're not chasing different things and adding them to your game to become the magnificent athlete that you could possibly be. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Definitely, like be yourself, man. Have your own identity.
0: Oh, yeah. That's that's great, and I think that's a really nice sort of thing to like a nice message to sort of walk away with. Um, I had a horrible realisation about five minutes into this that I did not prepare any of the other features, Jack. (laughs) I suddenly I was like really organized with with questions about um, about becoming an athlete and then I remembered that it was my turn to do teacher lion pants on fire and suddenly there's probably a moment about three minutes in where like the blood drains from my face and I realize <laughs> I have not done my homework.
1: <laughs> but,
0: Jack I remember you saying I remember you saying the other day that you had a couple in the bag.
1: Yeah. I, I I I can do a Teacher Liar Pants on Fire.
0: Yay. <laughs> okay, so, so we we have we have two last features that we do. Um the first one is Teach a Liar, Pants on Fire, where you and I, So, will try and guess um out of three sort of facts or headlines that Jack tells us, we've got to guess which one's the lie. It's a bit like two truths and a lie, basically. Oh, okay. Um and then we'll both tell you our MVP of the week, um, which I will think of in the next few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, do you want to take it away then with your, um, with your headlines?
1: I do, I do. So, um, number one is uh, Cadbury's Flake chocolate feels different and is too crumbly, say, ice cream sellers, And there's a lot of outrage amongst this across the ice cream cellar board. Okay. Um, crowds of visitors visit nun's <laughs> <laughs> non-decaying body in US City. I, yeah. I had to pause there because nun's non-decaying body. It's a bit of a mouthful. Um, and man arrested after circumnavigating the globe with a beetle. Arrested? Yeah, arrested. Do you know why he was arrested? Yeah, go on then. <laughs> he yeah. was arrested um, because he, to circumnavigate it, he basically had to get off multiple planes. And it's like taking a biohazard. He didn't have the paperwork to take the beetle.
0: Oh, uh, it was a physical
1: yeah. Beatle rather than like Paul McCartney, whatever. Yeah. Um, oh, I was thinking the car. <laughs> no, not all <or> the car. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think so. I think the f- the
2: first one and the last one are true and the middle one's false.
1: No, I think the, the middle non- one's non decaying body.
0: No, I think the middle one's true. I think I've seen that somewhere, uh, unless I'm just thinking of um, St. Bernadette. <laughs> in Lords, but <laughs> um, oh I I feel like one. I feel like I feel like it's I feel like one or three are the lie, and I feel like okay, one is some. How many?
2: How many? Are, how many can be wrong? Two.
0: This? Yeah. Two, two are true, one lie. Two are, two oh, are yeah, true and one's
2: lie. The first one and the last one are correct.
0: No,
1: I don't think so. You don't I mean, believe maybe. The non-decaying body? It's a miracle.
0: I I believe in miracles. Um, I okay. So, Soul, you think number two is nuns, a lie? Like,
2: uh, I'm just gonna watch what I say.
0: No, I don't think it's. I don't think like it's actually a religious thing that this like preserves. <laughs> like, I'm not. I'm not about to take great offence because you don't believe that. Like, a nun's no, body
2: other people might. I don't yeah,
0: know. no, of course. And everyone's entitled to believe what they like. And, um, you know, obviously um, that's crazy because all bodies decay in the ground. But I believe that there could be like some chemical because I know there's definitely with St. Bernadette, there's like a, uh, sh- she basically didn't decay. And again, that could be a miracle, could be... Hey, do like, we have to agree? No, no, we don't. So, I, But I can't decide oh, okay. whether one or three is a lie. I think... I think three is the lie. So and you think two is the lie?
1: Kate, you are correct. <laughs> two is the nun. The nun is the nun is true. Um they buried in twenty nineteen, this nun just hasn't been decaying. And and scientists have then said this actually isn't incredibly rare. It's just the conditions that the nun is in. Um the first one was about Cadbury's cream, uh no, Cadbury's um flakes being too crumbly. Um there's been a big uproar in the news this week of uh, ice cream men coming up against it because they're just coming with they're, they're buying these boxes of flakes and they're all smashed up um and then yeah they're, they're navigating the globe with a beetle that was incorrect that, that was a lie <laughs> that was a lie <laughs> it was it was a lie That's made so it completely cool. up i love Sorry. a flake yeah
0: <laughs> more importantly <laughs> flakes are great big fan of the flake
2: good, good, it doesn't matter um, if they're crushed or <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah they
0: are good i've not had a like a one of those ice creams yet this year maybe i'll get one of these this weekend um and so the last thing uh, is mvp of the week jack have you i've actually got one and you're not I... it so sorry so <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: you do get to decide which one's better though um, okay so mine is a lady called faye Trowbridge um who has been She's a florist, and she's been leaving out bouquets of flowers as kind of random acts of kindness um, to bring a spotlight on mental health awareness month, as well in her local village. And so, people who are feeling lonely can take these bouquets of flowers home and kind of display them, and it just helps to brighten their day. And I think that is very lovely.
0: Oh, that is very, very lovely, Jack.
1: Get the violin
0: out. So cute, sweet (laughs) little. Sweet, Sweet little flowers. flowers. And actually, yeah, I feel like flowers really do cheer people up as well. They're so. They we, smell we went, good. I love the smell of flowers. They smell good. Mm. Mm. Um, I can't keep a plant alive, unfortunately. Hopefully, I'll be better with children. Um, But <laughs> the. <laughs> I will be. <laughs> okay, so my MVP of the week is. Um, mine's actually a collective. Because I had the great honour of um, watching a wonderful football match this weekend with my local town, Luton Town, getting into the Premier League for the first time ever. Um, I did not get to watch this in person, I should say. Disclaimer, I was watching it on the telly. Um, But Luton Town, it was an absolutely amazing match that ended after extra time in penalties, which I just think is savage um, for both teams. But as a club... They are such a wonderful club. I worked with them for a number of years in my previous role and they care so much about the community and they do so much within the community. They work closely with all of the local schools and there's lots of people at the club that um, I know and have worked with and it was really, really special to see them win. I felt felt actually really emotional um, and really, really proud, even though I'm, I'm I'm not massively into football, but it was just yeah it was amazing to see this club um do so well and what that means for them um i think it's something like 170 million in like tv rights or something from from being yeah. in the premier league which you know is just obviously going to be such a game changer for that club but also for the um for luton in general which um i think will really really benefit from that and i think it was really nice to see like lots of Lots of it for old people I'd I'd worked with as well. Um really celebrating that and all of the students that I used to teach, it was obviously a big thing in everyone's hearts. So um that's they're my MVP of the week, even though they are a team and not a single person. But well done.
1: That's a nice one. I'm happy for you to win that one. I think that's such a feel good story that the flower giver, Faye, can can kind of sit in second place this week.
0: <laughs> Sorry, Faye. <laughs> you can come back next week. <laughs> yeah. What do you reconcile? What's like your like- bed? I'm yeah, right you thinking. can you can pick, well, or you can have your own one if you want.
2: No, I'm an Arsenal fan, so I really like that lady, Jack. She's, <laughs> <laughs> She's so good for the oh, mental. Wow. I love everything about mental health. The flowers. <laughs> I love the smell of flowers. She
0: needs to go and hand them out to those poor Arsenal team after yeah. the last <laughs> few weeks. <laughs> oh dear that's that's oh that that's actually that's actually upset me like exactly
2: i need i need those flowers yeah
0: you do i'll buy you some flowers flowers next week so when i see you just to be like i'm sorry mate maybe next season season.
2: (laughs) i appreciate it i'm gonna look out for that that woman jack maybe i can get some from from yeah (laughs) if you if you're going to wales
1: on your travels
0: (laughs) have we got a classroom confessional jack
1: we do. Uh, and and so this is one that I hope you'll be able to get involved in. So it's actually not from a student. It's our first classroom confessional from a parent's point of view uh, as well. At least I'm assuming from the way they've written it. So um, it is, uh, my son is really into his football. Um, he's at his local football academy. And uh, because of this has turned a blind eye to his studies. Huh. Is there anything I can do to help get him back on board with his GCSEs? join whenever.
0: no
1: <laughs> you can
2: balance your education around sports and you can also wake up when you want you can so study in
1: sales person, you can watch lessons
2: back no i would say um you can cut that bit if you want we'll just start from <laughs> here um the advice am i giving advice to the parent or advice to
1: yeah so j- just advice to the parent um uh, Well, uh, and maybe for the student as well, because there might be some students listening who are in that exact same situation where they're thinking, actually, I'm not that fussed about my Jesus at the moment. Why do I need to care about them if I know I'm going to go and be the next Um, luchy striker?
2: For sure. No, I would say, like, why not not just be great at both? Like, why just do one? Like, you can only train, play for a certain amount of hours anyway. So in those other hours, you may as well be educating yourself. I think a lot of athletes... They don't like to hear, ah, oh, you need a plan B. Like, uh, I it's not
0: a plan B, though, it, is it? Like, education me. is not a plan B. It's p- part yeah, of your plan that, A.
2: It's not that. It's, it's really not that deep. It's just you should just see it as something to do, like, on the side for your mental health, to have something else to focus on and think about yeah. when you're not playing. Um, because, yeah, like, you can't play and train that much anyway. Like, there's only a certain amount of hours you can do so in the hours where you're not playing you may as well just be at school learning educating yourself and yeah he would learn things as well about the body and the rest that he needs and school is not just about you know your GCSEs you meet a lot of people at school and you'll meet people that are chasing the same goals as you so um, definitely definitely try and do both because you're just limiting yourself if not like why not
0: yeah, I would, I would agree. And I would also say like the two aren't mutually exclusive. By, by doing well at school, it doesn't make you a worse athlete. And um, I think actually a lot of the um, skills are transferable. So things like demonstrating independence, discipline, motivation, hard work, these are all skills that um, your academy will be looking for you to develop and cultivate. So by being able to demonstrate that um, autonomy and, and taking control over your learning and pride in your learning, you're actually going to be impressing people at, at your academy as well as somebody that's able to um, manage things. Because remember, when you when you finish um, your GCSEs, if you are with a, with an academy and successful, they can they might offer you a scholarship program. Well, part of that is education. Part of that's doing your BTEC. It's doing your apprenticeship and they want to be able to see that you can manage studies as well as um as well as sport and by working hard on your GCSEs you're demonstrating that to them and you're going to only give yourself more opportunities
1: Definitely. and and to talk to the parent as well actually um it can often you can feel like the student's not listening to you so what can be a different approach is to put them in touch with someone who's gone down the dual education sports uh program or path in the thing and, and kind of get them to talk about the benefits um because yeah i know so so many times as a parent they can just be talking to a brick wall when you're, you're trying to get them to do something mm. and they can't they never come to your way uh, but it is really important in, in my last role i um worked with a lot of athletes one-on-one who were uh, um at at football academies in particular Um, but one injury you know and they've not got a lot to fall back on if they've not got their GCSEs so that's why we were always there to kind of make sure and drag them through that process to make sure that if it did go wrong if they didn't get to the level they want to get to or what they want to actually do they've got something to to fall back on
2: yeah definitely like when I got injured I was able to use what what I graduated with in uni and you know, in my sports diploma, my mentoring, I was able to use that to get another income mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's like, if you're injured. You're not, you can't facilitate anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're not going to get paid when you can't facilitate. It is yeah. what it is. If you can. so, I would, I would. As I said, I, I don't think it's. I don't think you should see it as a plan B. You should just see it as like, it's just another tool to your yeah. arsenal. Um, and you, at some point in life, you're gonna to need to use it. Because another thing as well, like, what you're gonna play in the Premier League till you're 50 years old, like 67 <laughs> years old, man. no, it doesn't work like that. So, so yeah, just don't see it as a plan B. Just see it as an addition to your craft. Yeah.
0: Uh, awesome. That's what I would say. Well. Um... If if anyone's got any classroom confessionals or any topics that they want us to talk about, any suggestions or feedback, please do email in podcast at minervavirtual.com and as usual, you can download this episode, you can um, listen to this, please share it and you can follow all of the news at Minerva Virtual on our Instagram and TikTok and everything like that. But um, just from me, thank you so much Sol for doing this.
2: No worries, guys. Any more podcasts? If anyone wants him back on, yeah, just message Jack, Kate. Yeah, yeah. Back on <laughs>
0: <New talk. laughs> New stuff. Brilliant. Want, Thanks for listening.